Yeah, well, yeah. we can we can get started. Sometimes okay. we'll just do the intro in between conversation. Okay. But, yeah, uh, yeah. If you want to do that? Um, uh, go for, keep yeah. keep well, continuing. Well, I for myself, I got so good at finding what worked for my body, right? In terms of like eating for fuel, and then like what types of workouts were like really effective. And but it got to a point where I got like I would I would honestly say too good. Like I was because I, I was doing the type of workouts as if I was like a bikini competitor. And, like, I, I wasn't, it got to the point I, I got so lean that I didn't even like the look anymore. Like, I was like, yeah. actually, I look a little too lean. And it, like, affected my period and everything. Mm-hmm. So I intentionally put on more weight, which is not something that, like, I'm not, I know you look at me and you're like, oh, you're someone who's naturally lean. Yes, but I'm not naturally, like, you know, have this. Cut. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's like I am also someone who has to put in some effort to maintain like a certain leanness I guess but um it got to the point where I actually had to actively put on weight like I had to cut back on the inflammatory type workouts and increase carbs and maybe not be intermittent fasting because it after a while it didn't work for me anymore and stuff like that that your body will tell you so much can I ask you something yeah do you think you had an eating disorder I would say I would say I maybe had a little bit of disordered behavior around all that because I became so passionate about it. So I think there's a difference between, because nowadays, because you know how nowadays anything you do say that's like, oh, this is healthy, this is unhealthy, is kind of misconstrued. It's like, oh, you're promoting diet culture. And I think that there needs to be such an important distinction. It's one thing to be aware and mindful of what's good for your health and what's not good for your body. And the difference between, like, attaching, like, the morality to it, if that makes sense. And in my case, I wouldn't say that I ever had an eating disorder. Um, But I maybe let it consume my thoughts a little bit much. So maybe I did have disordered thoughts around it. Does that make sense? It does. So then, let me ask you a simple question then. So, like, when you would go into a meal, did you tally up things in your head that didn't relate to the flavor? I will say, so for me, no, but I'll tell you why. I, my palate is very strange and I've always liked everything. Like okay. there's few things I dislike. Okay. But I will say that I was always, even if I, I've only ever eaten things that I enjoy. Like I, I get excited about every meal. I've never been like a counted calories or restricted portions or everything. I've always just been like consumed in abundance, but I, but I do think that I may be attached like oh, this is also fairly low carb and like very nutrient dense. And like, like I was always subconsciously thinking this is good for me because of this. And I didn't, you know, put too much of this because that's not as healthy. Like, I think that I was definitely attaching some morality and I definitely worked through that by honestly being like, you, you can stop thinking as a nutritionist all the time. Like, the, I, when I would notice that I was overthinking it, I was like, I'm probably subconsciously like making this meal unhealthier by overthinking it. So I had to just kind of like let go. And part of that was like challenging my own rules because I tell people like, you know, what's really helpful is like 
Um, you know, always pairing your carbs with a protein or a fat or a fiber so that your blood sugar doesn't spike as much. Or maybe doing like a light five minute stroll after a walk to also regulate that blood sugar. Or maybe not eating too heavy of a meal too late at night so that, you know, your sleep is good. I started having to like challenge my own quote unquote rules, Mm -hmm. like little by little, like not going for a light stroll after a walk and be like, screw it. Like if my blood sugar spikes, it's going to spike. But like, that was kind of the way that I started to detach those thoughts from like my own behaviors. And it's so worth it. I think that a lot of times, like whenever we start adding labels of like good versus bad or like wrong versus right, Mm -hmm. like I think that does a lot of damage to us anyways because even from the from the idea that uh, like your body listens right and Mm -hmm. if you're like oh this is wrong then immediately it's going to find a way to like okay so i need to prove that this is wrong so let me spike this and let me do this just because it's now it's trying to prove you right like your 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 brain's always trying to prove you right more than it wants to be correct right i mean more more than it wants to be healthy it wants to be right right that's just that's just the way it is i heard that there was a study that came out recently and i'm sorry because i don't know where and who and what but i heard about it that um they give two groups of people the same milkshake and they told one like oh this is like a very indulgent sweet milkshake and they told another group like oh here's a healthy smoothie with you know maybe it's like a chocolate flavored protein powder but it's like a healthy smoothie it was the same exact thing and the two groups, they like measured their blood sugar impact. And sure enough, the people who were told it was a smoothie had like a very stable blood sugar response. And the people who were told it was a milkshake had this crazy spike. Yeah. So that right there is everything you need to know that it's worth it to sometimes detach. Because I'm sure the people listening to your podcast is an audience that already knows, you know, the general principles yeah. of a healthy diet. So I don't need to be telling you like, this is what's healthy and this is what's unhealthy. You already know, but it's so worth it to sometimes detach from that when your soul just kind of needs it you know yeah we're speaking <laughs> oh my god that, that's a that's a great segue to to what we're doing but we're we're speaking to lizzie sudis yes right did yes. i get that right <laughs> uh i was a little nervous about saying that but she's a holistic nutritionist <laughs> and uh, we met about a year ago at um, um it was during part of our um how do you health festival last year at uh, at native she she came into an event uh i think it was maddie doing her like uh, her panel that, that event right, and so she was there mm-hmm. so she was there and that's when we first met and, and uh it's almost been a year and we're about to do our festival again and uh, and so now we're here talking about nutrition and, and health, and uh, I'm so excited to, to meet with you. But we are talking about uh, nutrition today, for the most part, mm-hmm. and we're probably going to get into gut health. We're probably going to get into vitamins. We're probably going to get into lifestyle, and uh, we have Nurse Doza as well. We're going to speak about all the fun things, and she's got an IV going. Um, but yeah, let's get this party started. I'm Tex Mix Yogi. The epigenetics that you were talking about before said it, uh, it changed your whole diet after that so yeah. when you were transitioning over to i guess you were saying detaching yourself from your old ideology mm-hmm. if you said epigenetics really influenced you first of all what are epigenetics for yeah. people who don't know so epigenetics is essentially the concept that your diet and lifestyle toxic load etc will actually affect how your genes are either turned on or turned off and you are actually able to pass that on to your future generations so your kids their kids their kids after that um 
which is such an interesting concept because the proof is in the pudding, I would say. Like, I feel like for our generations, maybe our parents, it's normal for them to start getting sick at an older age, you know, maybe in their 60s, they get diagnosed with high blood pressure or something. Whereas nowadays, it seems like every child has an ad allergy or a mental, um, you know, like ADHD is rampant or something like that. Um, so the reason I say it changed my ideology is I've always been very health conscious. I am, my family's Hispanic. And so in that culture, it very much is, you know, everyone does focus on nutrient density and everything. So I always was like, yeah, I'm into, I'm into a healthy lifestyle, but I had it backwards. I thought a healthy lifestyle meant choosing the hundred calorie pack and a granola bar was a healthy, you know, snack and what other types of things getting a turkey wrap was a really healthy lunch basically like anything that was like the lighter lower calorie option what other kinds of things you know diet this and that so when i learned about epigenetics i realized that me being healthy first of all i was approaching it in in the wrong way like i realized that's when i kind of learned like to take more of an ancestral type of approach so you know, quality animal meats and organ meats and nose to tail, if that's your thing, or um, yes, vegetables, um, broths, stuff like that. So I realized I was like, instead of taking the approach of, oh, take out the Oreos, take out the chips, it was like, okay, what can I bring in that's healthy for me? That was a big mindset shift. Um, Second to that, what suddenly made it so easy to stick to this, you know, stick to this for long enough until it became a habit, was thinking this is for my future kids I was I was nowhere near thinking that I wanted them yet but I was like I know that one day I want kids and so I'm doing this for my future kids and suddenly it was bigger than me bigger than what I looked like but like we were saying it kind of came as a side effect that yes I I lost a bunch of inflammation my body composition even changed even when that wasn't my goal and that's what I kind of tried that's why I think it's so important to empower people with the knowledge um, why everything doesn't have to automatically be, be misconstrued as like diet culture when you're trying to teach somebody what's nutritious and then what's, you know, more harmful to them. But yeah, did I, even, did I answer you? Yeah, you did actually. So the, the, the epigenetics, um, when you, yeah, I really like the way you worded the turning the genes on and off, mm-hmm. you can influence, uh, your future, you know, uh, family i guess you you should say but really it also affects you and your future health and and what's uh which i think is really interesting you brought up a good point about women they uh sometimes don't necessarily think about the reproductive cycle until it's too late so imagine if a woman's trying to be fertile um they tend to think okay now i'm going to get my body ready and it might be that they just made this mindset change right now and now they're saying i'm actively trying to get pregnant Mm -hmm. but before that before that mindset change their lifestyle might have been in disarray right Mm -hmm. like you said the oreos and all that and it's funny because you look at that now and you probably think like oh there's no way that you eat oreos right Right. there's no way that i'm going to eat oreos today but you said at one point but they're vegan they're vegan yeah <laughs> but they're vegan right so that's that's the they issue must right? Be healthy. yeah right. yeah so i i think the mindset has to be more of a uh, an understanding that you have to take care of yourself even before you think about it and it's it's a non-negotiable i keep saying that term because most people 
don't put emphasis into their own health until it is too late. Exactly. Right. And the thing that I think is so important to note too is it's never too early. Like you could be 13 years old and it's never too early to be like, I'm going to make some changes even, and mind you, don't even worry about like, okay, what am I going to take out of my diet? That's like processed food. Worry about what you're going to put into your body, what you're going to do for your lifestyle, where you can mitigate stress, make sure you don't ever fall into a cycle of like maybe over-exercising or under-eating and etc. It's never too early to start thinking about your fertility because in our current society, it, pregnancy prep is, okay, let's say I'm ready to start having kids in one year. So six months from now, I'll stop my birth control pill and start taking a prenatal vitamin. Yep. That's that's literally what our and I can tell you most of my clients who are trying to go about that. They're yeah. the ones who have already been referred to an IVF specialist and if they're just patient enough and stick with me and learn to trust their bodies and go about it by maybe we increase their nutrient density in their diet. A lot of times it's increasing their calories. A lot of times it's doing everything like what they were used to doing to maintain a certain like lean physique, a lot of times it's actually like undoing that for this phase in your life, you know, increasing the carbs, don't be afraid of sugars, like don't be afraid to eat breakfast, even if it's, you know, not your, you know, eating window you had before. Um, Don't be afraid to gain some weight right now. Don't be afraid to like lower the intensity of your workouts. And it takes a lot of time. Well, it also... I mean, because people, uh, uh, fertility issues show up in our clinic very often. Mm -hmm. And A, I feel like you can change it pretty quickly because Mm -hmm. like we adapt, like as humans, we adapt pretty well. But um, the mentality has to be right because Mm -hmm. on the other end, like people have, or or women have been on birth control since they're 13 and then like they're 30 trying to get pregnant or 35 trying to get pregnant. And they just got off a a birth control six months ago and and your body's like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. Like, like the communication's completely different, right? The hormones are, don't know what's going on, right? right? Because now it's like, oh, I can actually talk to the brain straight myself instead of like having this blockage from like the, from, from the birth control. Mm -hmm. And, and, and then it's like, I always refer to it as like a communication is, is key to, to, to a friendship. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you've been blocking communication, if you've been blocking hormones and all of a sudden you're trying to be a friend with your body, it's, it's, uh, there's gotta be a trust to be built first and you can gain trust pretty quickly. Yeah. Like you can meet someone and be like, I trust this person right away, but it's also has to be innate and Mm -hmm. there's gotta be some work put into it. And I think along with that, I, I think a big thing is, is yes, trusting yourself. And like I said, it's hard for a lot of women to make these changes because even if they're like, okay, I'm motivated to get pregnant, I'll, you know, increase my food intake if I was undernourishing or whatever it is. It's a lot of times they still subconsciously resist it so much. So you just have to remind yourself every day, I'm doing this for this. I'm doing this for this. Um, and I was going to say, we do see a lot of people who do come off the pill and get pregnant right away. Of course, yep. of course that happens. But just remember, like, if you need a little bit of extra push of, like, it's never too early to start making the changes to get off the birth control, etc. You know, if this is your goal, um, is maybe, you know, someone gets off the pill and got pregnant right away. But I hate to think that maybe baby doesn't get to flourish as well 
as he or she could have. That that's an interesting you one. Know? I was I was thinking about that as I think as you were saying it. Um, do you know anything about that, John? Like, does it affect anything if you got pregnant right off of getting a birth control? Like, is it? Does I don't know. Like, does it See, affect the growth of the well, baby? You know what's funny about it? Because you would assume I, so. But I, I don't. Right. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know the answer because I rarely see a woman get off birth control and get pregnant right off of that. Like, I mean, you say like, well, it happens. I'm like, what, one out of exactly 30? But it's what we see, 50? so like, oh, it's doable. I can tell you right now, if you have a, a synthetic estrogen, maybe progesterone combination, I mean, to determine what hormones will be affected in a fetus. Exactly. I mean, it's. I don't think that's even a possibility at this point, right? But if you look at the overall influence of the DNA and you go to epigenetics, (laughs) this is where it gets interesting. Because I could say, okay, let's talk about the methylation cycle for a second. (laughs) If you want to talk about epigenetics. So you could talk uh, SNPs. Mm-hmm. Right, I think it's what single nucleo polypeptides, right, and then those are your uh, your DNA data, your codons, your sequence of of how you function. So, like if you look in the matrix and you see the zero ones, right, it's basically like your code means like you have an NTHFR, like what uh, six seven TT whatever that is, right, and then all that. So the uh, COMT gene that follows the NTHFR gene produces estrogen and dopamine and so i imagine in theory the question should be when do those genes actually get mutated Mm. right because if you say trauma is passed along then that's probably the answer i would say hypothetically speaking could you say your birth control did affect your babies whatever and that's a whole nother concept where you go into a deep realm of like okay what about the bpa that i used to drink out of that can and then what about the 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 lead and all these other things right now and it's just uh it's really hard to determine how much influence your body can take and that's a whole other thing is (laughs) if you're really dedicated you could do you know work with maybe like a functional medicine doctor or another professional and it's not a terrible idea to you know to test for mercury levels and all those things and do some type of you know guided detox off of those things before pregnancy because yeah it's hard to tell it's hard to know what we do know though because i'm sure all that has an effect because what we do know is um if we know that you know being malnourished means baby doesn't get to be as strong as you know reach their full potential for example this is nothing against like being vegan but the child of somebody who is vegan might be of a lower birth weight or um, it's seen like maybe their teeth aren't as, their denture isn't as you know straight or strong or something. So if something as simple as a nutrient deficiency impacts it, then I'm sure a whole, you know, medication and everything does too affects the fetus as well. Well, because human growth hormone is, is a big part of all of that, right? Mm. And is that affected with birth control? I mean, I I would say in an indirect way, it has to be. I mean, I could make a big case to it. It affects the insulin growth factor, which insulin and estradiol are directly related. So, yeah, if you wanted to go deep into that realm, which has never been put together in any type of scientific research I've ever imagined, let alone most women are included in scientific research exactly. to begin with, I would beg the case that there's no research that's ever been done on any long-term genetic side effects from birth control. Mm-hmm. I, I would, I, 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 prove me wrong. I guess I'll go look that up now. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting theory though. Everything, 
those dots you're trying to connect there. I think that's really interesting. Well, if you uh, if you look at the influence that stress can have on the body, it's very easy to turn a gene off. And right. I've, I've wondered when it happens, right? right? Like it was a simple idea was uh, you never tell pregnant women to uh, stand in front of a microwave. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now we have these cell phones that mm-hmm. emit this radiation all around us. If you're traveling in a car with Bluetooth, mm-hmm. it's all around you. There's no way to get around it. And I could even beg the case to where our bodies will uh, see different types of toxins and pollutants nowadays compared to our forefathers and foremothers, I guess you could say, and mm-hmm. all the people who <laughs> were before us, our generational past. The food that we were eating in the past is very different than the today. Mm-hmm. And if you think about this, I can make the case because it's an even playing field that way, doesn't matter what your diet is, you're going to be deficient in some nutrient. Oh, yeah. And and that's what really oh, yeah. what you have to look at. I, I, I look at that case of nutrient deficiency is really a key component of overall health. And so the reason why we're so big on vitamins is because look at what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been taking your vitamins at this point, you need to start because they can help make you healthy and they can help you function better. And if you look at most of the problem that women have, uh, especially when it comes to their diet, they're so selective about whatever they eat mm-hmm. that, it, that you realize, well, it doesn't matter if you're a carnivore, you're a vegan, like you're probably gonna be deficient in a B vitamin, I'm gonna tell you mm-hmm. right now, right? Because if you don't do nose to tail, that means mm-hmm. you're not eating or the liver, mm-hmm. right? And so the liver contains all your, your vitamins, right? Yeah. But if you're deficient in something, the epigenetics, going back to the NTHFR, means that even the wrong kind of B vitamin that you get oh, yeah. will not affect you in the way you want. So, for example, prenatals. They mm-hmm. talk about taking folic acid. Exactly. Okay, B9. Well, in most prenatals, and I imagine that prenatals, uh, I think they can be covered by some insurance, including mm-hmm. Medicaid. I beg to ask what type of folic acid is going into those prenatal vitamins, right? right? Because if they're folic acid and this woman has an MTHFR issue, which I imagine most people as a whole, 70, 80% of people probably have an issue, then what's gonna happen when they take folic acid? Right, so I actually would love to get into like the difference between real food vitamins versus the synthetic synthetic perfect so so i imagine this if you were to ask me could i not eat and just supplement a bunch of vitamins instead would that work i i think why not right if you're orally suggest uh uh, ingesting your supplements you have the digestive stimulation sure okay with the natural food extracts and or if you did the IV version, you would not have a digestive stimulation, right? Because unless you're consuming oral vitamins like we do. So then what I look at it. Well, how important is fiber? Well, it's funny because you brought up fiber earlier. I don't I've never looked at fiber as a necessity in my diet, because what's interesting is I've always been able to go to the bathroom consistently. Yeah. Right. But with people who can't go to the bathroom consistently, they tend to say, OK, I need more fiber to form a stool. Right. Because fiber is essentially part of your digestive tract. Now, before we go further off yeah. topic, if you look at the gut, you're absorbing all your nutrients. Mm. All right. So then on top of the idea that most people are nutrient deficient. They also have gut issues, which means absorption issues are an issue as well. But going back to the bioavailability and synthetic aspect of what you're asking, if I were to get the purest form of turmeric root, mm-hmm. okay, I would have to make sure 
I don't care about the organic certification. Mm. I really don't care. I would trust the farmer's word over anyone else's more than anything else, right? If you take that and you shave down the turmeric, all right, to get exactly what you want out of it, there's no way to test the purity of it because when it comes to bioavailable vitamins and supplements like what we carry, it's tested three times over in a lab in the the, the, the facility mm. and you see the purity right like percentage wise this is what it says it is it is curcumin extract right that's what we want so the truth is yes you can eat raw foods i have no problem doing it but the truth is if you were to say let's take the bioavailable form that we really want the curcumin if i say okay i shaved it down and now I'm telling you right now, there's a bunch of curcumin in this powder, maybe residue, resin, something like that, or like frankincense is the same approach. Then I say, okay, cool. Well, I would test it against our supplement in a lab, not just any lab, serum labs, blood work labs, right? Because then I can tell off the lab work what it's doing. Is it reducing, increasing whatever it's supposed to do? Right. Mm -hmm. And if you came to me and said, all right, I'm going to get all my stuff for my food. Let's do it. Fine. We will show in the labs. And right now there's a handful of people that actually have a really good, healthy, nutrient dense lifestyle. The problem is it's it's knowing what you need more of due Mm -hmm. to your genetics Mm -hmm. and epigenetics. That's how I have to look at it. And even epigenetics is even lifestyle factors that you're not even aware of, you know? Exactly. Like stressors, maybe you live in a moldy apartment, you're not even aware. Like, and you, but you think like, oh, but I'm taking, I'm eating such thing or I'm taking Right, exactly. I'm covered. And it's it's weird because most people, I know it's so weird to say, well, I do everything right and blah, blah, blah. But here's what we'll hear in the clinic. People will come in and the first thing they'll, like a lot of people want to say is they want to lose weight. Mm Mm-hmm. I've tried eating better. I've tried every diet. I've tried every workout. You know, just what? Why can't I lose weight? And I'm like, well, you're inflamed. Mm -hmm. Why am I inflamed? Well, I don't know. Let's go through your lifestyle. And then you go through everything they're doing. Are they exposed? I mean, right now we're sitting in all these lights. Right. (laughs) I mean, right now. So this is natural, right? No, it's not. This is, you know, artificial. But some people in their lifestyle, they get up first thing in the morning and they never see sunlight. I know. They go straight into an office, well, they used to, I guess, but they stay at home now and they don't go outside, maybe. Yeah. If they don't go outside, the sun charges you in a way to where it can maybe turn off those genes that have been mutated, which is incredible. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you told people like, hey, it's a possibility if we're throwing everything hypothetically speaking out there, could we increase the potential of our genes and our epigenetics by simply getting sunlight exposure? I would say the consensus answer is yes, 100%, right? Oh, yeah. You would say your genes would get healthier if you got more sunlight. I would say your entire life is going to change before your eyes if you get sunlight for just four minutes every morning. Four minutes a morning. Do it. <laughs> four minutes a morning. Is this hard Is this hard to ask people to get four? I mean, is this too you much to ask? You would be shocked. I, that's what I'm saying. It is. It is surprisingly <laughs> hard, especially with daylight savings time right now, right? Because you get up and it's uh, a little bit early. But no, it is very hard to get people to do two things. One, not look at their phone when they first get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And two, get sunlight. Mm-hmm. I mean, beg the question to see if their feet would, bare feet would touch the ground in yep. the morning. Even harder. That's even harder because then they have to go outside in the cold, in the hot, in the foggy, you know, all my feet are going to get dirty. I'm going to track in mud. You know, people have a mud room for crying out loud, right? Like, what? I haven't heard about this. There's a mud room? mud room? People have mud rooms? Yeah. It's like the part of your house where you 
where you walk in, you take off your dirty shoes, and you put your umbrella there in your jacket. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, <laughs> no one's out there getting muddy. Well, so. that's well, that's the thing is uh, no one's tracking that in. And so what's it uh, like? Okay, go back to the gym we were talking about. So I work out barefoot. Mm-hmm. I love is it. Is it on it by any chance? No, it's not on it. Oh, okay. Uh, it's squatch. Squatch. Uh, oh, I've never been, but I've seen it. On- oh, totally should go. go. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So, uh, for anyone in Austin, Squatch Fitness. It is the <laughs> best gym. It's amazing. Yeah, I love it. Um, but uh, yeah, we I work out barefoot, and it's great because I've walked like to get in there. You're walking through the asphalt, the dirt, and then you get in there, and then they have like you know artificial turf, mm-hmm. and then they have like this really cool place to do ice uh, baths, like your own troughs. Yeah. And then uh, it's a wooden like plank. So my foot feels all these different textures. Yeah. Like in the morning. Yeah. And it's cool because then in the patio, the sun's shining down. I'm in the ice bath. And then they have this little pond, right? Right next to I mean, yeah, you're just seeing really killing every bird. Right? And it's just like it's incredible because this is like serenading my soul. Mm-hmm. And I I, I feel that. Right? This is the thing. And I tell people, yeah, maybe you can't do the ice bath or what, but here's the thing. If it made you feel better. Could you spend four minutes of your time going outside? What will happen is after a month, it turns into 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then You're you look forward to it. love it. My husband one time was like, because I have this thing for a sunrise walk. It doesn't always have to be, be like the actual sunrise. It can just be, you know, when the sun is still, you know, not, you know, not noon. Um, and I also love a sunset walk. Like I love a morning walk and an evening stroll. Well, that's also when the the sun's the most nourishing, I believe. Right, Actually, it is. That's what I was reading about, like how like uh, sun gazing around sunrise mm-hmm. and sunset is is how you can get enough energy to levitate. Well, it's funny because I read the opposite of that. You don't want to do it around the two hours sunrise sunset because that's the highest intensity of the sun. So you'd want to do it like in the middle, which is harder to do because imagine daytime, there's all the smog if you're in the cities and all that, especially if you're around like the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. But, Are you talking about sun gazing though? Like yeah. Looking, well, gosh, so, you gotcha, gotcha. so we talked about uh, levitating. Oh, okay. okay and okay, so okay. W- one of the ways that we've read about it is uh, sun gazing can <laughs> apparently do something Jeez. that helps you get there. And I yep. don't know what it is just yet. Correct. That's on. That's where we're at right now. But well, I don't recommend anyone. <laughs> I don't recommend anyone right now going out there and looking into the sun right, with your eyes because right. we don't know what's going on with it. But it just tells you about the power of the sun. No, it's the most power. So that's what we're saying. I know that right now to somebody it may seem overwhelming to even take the four minutes of their day to go and look outside at the sun, whether it's a stroll or whether they just stand in their backyard barefoot on the grass or whatever it is. But I promise you will become hooked. My husband one day was like, let's see, I, I don't want to say you're, it seems like you're obsessed. And I was like, I don't have a problem with that. I'm obsessed because it makes me feel so amazing. Like this is my like addiction. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I promise you'll well, be we hooked. wouldn't have life without the sun. So exactly. It's the most powerful <laughs> thing we have. And if you do like John and combine it with one or two other things that get you going, like for me, in my apartment complex, it's actually very hard to find a place to get grounded and, like, go barefoot because it is a lot of cement. It's very uncomfortable. It's, like, a really rocky. Like, it hurts your feet. Yeah. Um, and we do have a park near there, but I just see them spraying their fertilizer, like, every other day. So, I'm like, eh, okay, maybe not that. So, for <laughs> me, I'll go on a walk. So, I'm getting, I'm getting sunlight. 
I'm getting movement and kind of getting the creaks out of my body, you know, by the time I, oh, and I'll, I'll usually like, you know, brush my teeth and drink water before I go out and do that. So it's like, before I even come back, like to get the day started where somebody would typically roll out of bed groggy, go for a cup of coffee. I have so much energy and then coffee is just bonus. Cause I love coffee. I'll have it later. I'll have it after breakfast, but, um, you get so energized and yeah, if you could, maybe you don't go for a walk, but you at least get barefoot while you get some sun or, or yeah, you get your workout in outside or you get your workout in barefoot or you get your workout in with like near a window or something. If you can just like kill a couple birds with one stone, you're winning. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of easy to do. It's so simple actually, which is, it's so simple, but I don't know why it's hard to, I can tell you why it's hard because we're not told that this is what you're supposed to do in in order to be healthy because apparently no one's been told what healthy even means and what it looks like. But because we're so inundated with all these appliances that make life so convenient, doing something uh, with our own free will and strength uh, is almost becoming an obsolete thought. But it's, but it's also like one of those things like I don't need to do that. Right. Like, and, and then they just don't. Well, you know why I just is, is I think people still underestimate it because it's like, what is okay getting a little bit of sun okay i believe you that it'll, it'll give me a little bit of energy because you know the bright light or whatever but I, I think it's because if you don't understand the power of what's happening on like a electrochemical level even of like getting your bare feet on the ground or getting some sun on your face i think that's why it's like oh it's it's probably not really gonna make that big of an impact so i'm not gonna do it the fact that it's free and accessible probably makes it less sexy you know what I mean? It, it does, but you brought up another good point. I didn't, have to, I didn't point. have to work for it. Well, <laughs> you brought up another good point, though. The, uh, the sexiness of it, I guess, uh, <laughs> is that you don't have to buy anything, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the consumers and all of us, mm-hmm. they say, well, I, where can I go find this? And I like, just mm-hmm. go outside. You know, but um, the, uh, is there a membership? Yeah, this is a yeah. 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 Can I take this at a pill? And like, then, sure, like, you how? Pay me ten bucks a, a, a month. Pay to me go ten dollars. I'll call you every morning and I'll make you get outside. That's perfect. That's a job. That's <laughs> no, a job that's right a there. Job. That's a job. Um, but no, like people will ask next. What people will ask next, like, what is it that, uh, that I need to do? And uh, how many times a week do I have to, uh, you know, do I feel it right away? And how long is this going to last for? Like, those are the follow-up questions for, like, what are my side effects? And so we've been trained to think that way. And it's not really sexy to just be like, no, you kind of just have to wait to feel the difference. Like, it's you, it might even be subtle. Like, you know, you might not just start falling asleep in the afternoon and you just don't realize it because you have the energy but people want a certain kind of energy they want a certain kind of feel they want to feel uh, energized right they want to feel rejuvenated they want to feel um, empowered and they think this is a physical feeling of bolt of lightning just going through their body I guess that makes them jump out of bed and makes them say I can face the day without coffee and I can be alert all day and then I can talk to everyone I need to get everything done and then I can go to bed at the right time wake up and do it all over again Mm -hmm. and it's just there's too many stress factors that come into play that alter your biochemistry underneath your skin Mm -hmm. that cause you to not have the smoothest of day and whenever I we would tell someone like hey if you wanted to change your life it's not going to take 30 days we always said that it's not a 30-day challenge but people love 30 day challenges is yeah. a, a very beginning and tell me it, and then there, then I can stop. Right? Mm-hmm. No, it's not that case. Imagine you tell someone it's a one year challenge. 
right? That's what I think is the best way. That's what I'd like to do. Right. One year. Give yourself one year of doing all this to make a new habit for one year. And if you did it for the health benefit of, you know, something going on with you, your brain, your heart, your liver, you know, just overall energy, right? You would notice it. You would oh, yeah. never go back. You would, you would especially notice it. Say that you were like, say that it was such a subtle change for somebody that they didn't notice it. But then when they stopped doing it, they would notice it. Yeah. I can tell you in the last year, there are probably two situations where I was not able to get outside. Even on, like, even if it's a cloudy day, it still, it still works. You know, it's still, there were probably two situations where I was just not able to do it. And I can tell you the whole entire day I was groggy Mm -hmm. and I was just like in a mood. I just was low energy. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is just the conversation people need to hear. She'd be like, okay, I'm going to trust. People (laughs) don't know how good it feels to feel good. Because it's people's norm to feel very mediocre. And and that that goes back to the vibration thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you said um, you walk outside and the sunlight and all that's not sexy. But what's interesting is... um, People want to feel it work. If you put your bare foot on the ground, that electrical charge that you were talking about, uh, it, it happens to where you naturally sync with the earth frequency. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't realize too. When you're out in nature, the frequency that ner- uh, the inertia have, earth has basically that gives us you know, the feedback system that makes us thrive, there's solar frequency that's going into us that's raising our vibration. And then there's also the ground energy that's coming up through our feet that's also grounding us and rooting us. Like literally. Literally, <laughs> yeah. if you put your butt on the ground mm-hmm. and you will root and what will happen is this magnetism that basically attaches to the base of your tailbone and then it goes through your nervous system all the way to your brain. And if you have the sunlight coming down as well, facing your third eye, you open up the pineal gland and it activates the release of things of serotonin, melatonin, and DMT. Yeah. And for everyone who thinks that like when someone talks about grounding, it's just this like spiritual thing or, or like... Oh, I'm grounding like as a meditative thing, which it's great meditative thing. It's thing. It's literally even ask an electrician. Like it's not grounding. It's it's not like (laughs) that's funny. That's true. That's true. I like that. I really think people usually think it's like okay, they're going. Well, it used to be hippie stuff. It used to say hippie stuff, but now it's woo. That's the term, right? Yeah. Well, any anything that is electric needs to be grounded or else it's going to exactly. go haywire. But exactly. that's just electricity 101. But, but we're made of electricity. Correct. Exactly. And, and that's all we really are, right? And, and that's the thing that people don't understand. Like, and, and our like cells your, are also working on a, like an well, electrical, your, chemical Your Your brain level. is controls right and and it's it's all just electrical signals right, right? like community neurons are basically yeah. electrical signals yeah, that's it. so it's gonna go haywire if you're not being yeah. grounded which is which haywire in ours in in in, in a human body means uh, anxiety anxiety not depression. being focused but, uh, but i could say it means more than that it is burnout of your nervous system burnout. which is adrenal exhaustion which is sympathetic mode Correct. That's really what happens. Right. If you're in sympathetic mode all the time, it's flight you're or fight. On edge. You're, you're on edge. And, and the thing is, with the nervous system, you have the vagal nerve that goes into all your organs yep. that causes them to either increase or decrease. Mm-hmm. And if you're living in that motion, there's a hard... That's the, that's the crazy thing. That overrides genetics. Mm-hmm. Your nervous system will override genetics. That's how incredible and powerful it really is. Because if you have certain genetics, it doesn't mean you're going to have that happen to you. Let's say you're at risk for diabetes mm-hmm. or Alzheimer's, right? doesn't mean it has to happen. 
your lifestyle and the way that you respond to your stressors will cause your nervous system to go into a sympathetic flight or fight mode, which causes the overusage and overworking of things like your heart, your brain, your liver, your pancreas, and your gut. If that happens, you go into burnout mode, and then what happens is all your hormones and your neurotransmitters that makes all those things work and sync with each other, they die off. And if you have nutrient deficiency, you have nothing that contributes to the direct production mm-hmm. of hormones and neurotransmitters. So your communicational pattern, if it's a gut issue, shuts down to the brain. And what will happen is you can't poop, right? That's one sense. So that's, I mean, it's a way to say you're too, you're too much in stress mode. You're like, mm-hmm. I can't poop. And people look at constipation and say, oh, it's my fiber. Oh, yeah. it's, you know, that's an issue. I'm right. like, no, it has yeah. nothing to do with your fiber. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mess wanna, with my poop. Like, yeah. I want to talk about fiber, like, just like a super quick note on fiber, because fiber is such a, like, topic, because people love to love on fiber or hate on fiber. And I think you can be extremely intuitive about your fiber, because it's so bio-individual, and yeah, that's just my thoughts on that. Yeah, I get that. I get that too, but like some people can do well on like no fiber if they're consuming, you know, collagen rich food. I did make a note to to do some more research on fiber because I ran into on uh, the stress on Simlan's new book, uh, which is uh, what is it? This is stronger by stress. There was something he mentioned on there about like fiber is not even like it plays no part. Fiber is honestly one of the last things I think about. And so that, and so I was like, well, I need to do more research because, I mean, we know it from breakfast, right? Like the whole thing about like having to have breakfast was definitely a marketing tool, but, yeah. um, and I definitely eat breakfast now because I stopped my eating window in the morning, but it's not because yeah. I want to have breakfast, but it's more because I want that to be my eating window. Yeah. Uh, and, and the idea that, uh, that fiber is so important, like I'm thinking that's also, but because what is a food lie. Because right? <laughs> so, so, what is most fiber fiber come from is it like uh corn is it uh i would probably say wheat? starchy vegetables yeah but the thing is it's like, you can, like whenever different. you find like fiber you bars, get, like wheat car these uh, are all wheat corn like, like, yeah, oh, yeah especially now with like the more like lower carb ones they're usually coming from yeah like gmo yeah but you can so it's cheap corn. to produce right. it's very cheap to produce and it's also a oh, byproduct that they supplement? need yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, no, don't do. Don't well, no, no. Here's, here's what, just in general, like if you're if you're looking at most fiber, uh, you would want it to help patch up your gut or form a stool, right? That's kind of what it does either way. But you can get it from like really starchy vegetables. That's why like uh, arrowroot and like uh, like monk fruit, like why those are like such important you know things in a diet nowadays because the the fibers can give you starch, which gives you sugar. And your gut needs sugar in order to thrive. The problem is, is it needs this kind of fiber. It's so the the, the the food lie was they really should have said no. You need the right kind of sugar for your gut. Mm-hmm. And then inulin fiber is the best kind of sugar for your gut. The problem is, is that you're less likely to get them in things like potatoes. Yep. Right. Which is what most of the fiber you'll get and starch you'll get, right? Especially if it's drowsed in oil, some exactly crap oil. Right. And what you imagine if okay, this is a theory right now. If you have French fries, for example. Uh, that are caked in, in, I don't know, corn oil, those things almost preserve it. And so if you look at the breakdown of it going through the gut, uh, you're not going to be able to break down that fat and, and then get to the fiber in the potato. So imagine like you, you probably don't get any nutrient out of it if you do absorb it. Right. And then you, that fiber is not going to go directly into the gut. So there was like a moot point. Right. So most people think, oh, I'm getting some kind of fiber with potatoes, some kind of benefit. I'm like, not really. You're getting like just 
processed sugar with processed oil on top of it most likely yeah. and your body's not going to digest it either way and I think that could be like a direct contributor to a lot of people's like inflammatory responses right. well I feel like NAD almost acts like a fiber sometimes because like I just, after like doing 500 milligrams of NAD I'll just have to go poop like it might <laughs> I mean it clears well, you, you out think it would clears you out and because that's what I would think fiber is for right? like if you can find something else I would think that fiber, an equivalent to fiber would be anything that your body's trying to process out of your body it's gonna like clean out how do you feel about like raw carrots I, I, I love raw carrots, actually. I think it's great for the gut. The, I just the, heard a lot of people use it as a tool for, like, the excess estrogens and all that. I don't know if I would put it for that. Uh, you can get a tan with carrots. For excess estrogen. I don't know if you know. Okay. No. I have, like, an olive skin tone. I, for whatever reason, love orange foods. And I definitely, I went to an acupuncture appointment, like, a month ago. And the acupuncturist was like do you do a lot of turmeric? And I was like, actually, no. She was like, well, you look really orange. And I was like, oh my God, I eat so much orange food. I'm very orange. Well, that's what I was going to say. I call myself Lizzie Simpson well, sometimes. With, with the <laughs> carrot, I was going to say, the that's what I look at as the vitamin A and the beta carotene. Like I think it's well, I've always heard that if you eat a carrot, you're going to look like a carrot. Like, that, that's why. And I've loved them my whole life, and I've always had this tint to me. And, no. but, but even all the, like, um, orange... Like, do you do baby carrots papaya. or full carrots? Full carrots. Okay, sorry. That's cool. <laughs> That's good. Like papaya and sweet potato and pumpkin and everything. Like, I don't know what. Have I you ever have dressed for... as a carrot for, no, for Halloween? But I should. <laughs> oh my God. I don't think that's a real big issue with you being really orange. Like, I I, I just, I don't really. I mean, I I think I'm okay. It's just the fact that the acupuncturist noticed it. I was like, oh, shoot, it's not just in my head. (laughs) That's funny. I mean, yeah, I think you're okay for right now. I think you're okay. I'm going to up my beats consumption. When I was was selling Cutco knives, I used to do food art with carrots. No way. Like all sorts of cool cool. figurines and, yeah, with the the knives. I'd like to see that. Past life. <laughs> Past life. I'm probably going to have to step out for a second. I think we're wrapping up anyway. Yeah, yeah so I, I, hate to, I hate to do that to you. What's in her IV? Yeah. Let's, uh, uh, let's, let's finish. Oh, okay. So, uh, top it off right there. So you're going to get knack, or you are getting knack, mm-hmm. right? You, you said that was the thing you wanted. Right. So it's biggest liver detoxer. Right. Clears out the brain, too. Which, by the way, he asked me what I wanted, and I was like, I don't know, maybe knack. And he was like, oh, okay, why? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I, Y'all, be intuitive about what your body... Your body will tell you what it needs. I think it's great, actually. And I gave you a, a decent amount, so you're going to hopefully <laughs> notice something, right? And then the B5 in there that follows up with it helps lower cortisol. It helps with adrenal function. And uh, you should be very chill after this, which mm-hmm. is great for your nervous system, right? Right. I asked him for his energy. Right. It's the so morning, but we, wa- we want to be calm, it, too. It's Baldo's favorite vitamin. Um, <laughs> we put B6 in there as well because it helps with neurotransmitter production. We put uh, some glutathione, I think, in there just because immunity and, it, you know, generally speaking, it's great for you. And then uh, we put B-complex, which is why it's yellow, which is a bunch of multivitamin Bs. And then vitamin C, which also helps with adrenal function. Most people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Besides, it helps with collagen and immunity. And then NAD, of course, which is mitochondrial uh, support and energy and detox at the same time. Yeah, That's it. awesome. So, but um, I am. I'm glad we had this conversation. Uh, Yeah, thank you for coming back after you know a year, and I'm glad to uh, see that you're doing well. Thank you. I'm glad to see businesses thriving 
It looks, it's amazing. Thank you. You're not, not only the podcast set up, but everything in there with the IVs and yeah, I'm really inspired. Like thank after you. coming in. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. We appreciate the kind words. Uh, how can we find you online? So you can find me on Instagram. It's Lizzie from Nutritiously, which is L-I-Z-Y from Nutritious L-Y. Currently, my website is down because I'm working on rebranding. Um, so for now, just feel free to message me on there if anyone wants to get a hold of me. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much.